0: Welcome to episode forty-two of the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird two stories in American politics. I'm Tina Hadamio, and I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary,
1: Desantis, Phase Three Order. What? Mm, girl, I saw. Uh, I actually retweeted a video on our 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 Twitter yesterday of it's about a minute of the Elbow Room. Oh, God. there was a band, which is a very famous bar here in Fort Lauderdale. Yes. It's on the corner of Episode A1A. One. Guys, listen. Episode one, yes, A one (laughs) A in Las Olas, and there was a band playing, and this person just did like a, a, you know, a scan of the room with their phone, and it was incredible. I saw one person wearing a mask, and oh, I'm sorry, uh, a bartender wearing a mask, and another bartender wearing like a face shield, which I'm not really sure if those are things that work. I mean, can't everything get in the face shield? Go under? I think if you have a mask and the the face face shield. shield. Okay, well, this guy just had the face shield, so. Um, but everybody else was, it was packed and they were dancing and screaming, screaming and hooting and hollering and drinking. And whoo, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, the, the, the reason why bars in fit fa- was in phase three is because of the, how alcohol obviously, you know, changes your behavior, makes you a little bit looser, you know, you, yeah. <laughs> you know, the mask comes off, everybody starts having fun. Um, But we're not ready for that phase three yet. No, we are not (laughs) ready. Like they're going to put schools back in and bars go in at the same time. I don't know. It just.
0: I'm very afraid.
1: And the thing that
0: I'm wondering, too, is um, can Broward Mm -hmm. as a county put forth an order saying, yes, the state is at phase three, but we in Broward are still going to remain at phase two?
1: I don't I don't think so.
0: So his order overrides any. Yeah, because
1: it kind of, I think so, because even with the schools, like Broward was the last, I think Broward and Miami-Dade were the last to like, well, we still haven't really opened schools yet, but they're still discussing it, but kind of like Tallahassee's holding money from, from public schools. If you don't open, if you don't get that count of in-person schooling. So that's why they're pushing for this October date. But yeah,
0: it's, 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 we're in a nightmare state. We're in a nightmare yeah. state.
1: I mean, there's restaurants that are already they cuz the indoor it's 100% open indoor yeah um seating and I'm, I yeah. I got to tell you I I'm not going I've anywhere. Ne- I haven't been to a restaurant at all. A lot no. of takeout. Yeah, we know we've done takeout. Well, well we I've did never actually been in the
0: restaurant. We did one restaurant but it was outdoor seating. Okay. But and do you wear
1: your mask and do you eat I wore I
0: wore my we wore our masks until the uh the servers had their masks on. Okay. And all the outdoor tables were spaced far apart, and they had the tables like in the parking lot, like right, right, right. It's this little um, Mexican restaurant that we love, yeah. Um, but we were so paranoid the whole time that we ended yeah. up not even enjoying the meal. That's how I would be. Um, and so then we've just done takeout since then. Yeah, I think I would be. So you're like, same well, way. let's try, and I can't. Just, yeah. No, 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 no. But it was very, very spaced out, and there weren't many people, so like it, it was okay. Mm-hmm. So what are you gonna do?
1: Well. I don't know, but ever since this has happened, I mean, I had to stay off Twitter and every single tweet or everything through the news feed was basically, or the feed of Twitter was Florida's, everything's going to happen again in Florida first. Like every, this whole thing's going to shoot up in Florida first and to live here and to live under the, the rule of, of DeSantis. It's very, very frightening in so many ways. And, and especially now recently, he last week Um, had the thing about if you're a protester and you get over and like you get arrested and even there was a part, there's part of this, this order, which, well, he wants to make it a law. So I think it's really a distraction to keep people, um, from paying attention to what's really happening here. But he said, um, part of it too is if you're arrested in a protest, and you just got your vi- your voting rights back or yes. you're trying to get your voting rights like back. Like that's going to restrict you. It's automatically uh, denial. Give me, give me a break. I know. But it's so, all about suppressing voting. Of course. And, and also when these are these outrageous things happen, I just really start to think, like and, what and else is happening that distracting us The from?
0: other part of that with the police and the funding. Right. Um, that if you, you know, the whole defund, the pol- like he's made that into like, if you want to try to reallocate funds mm-hmm. that you're going to have like you're not going to get any money. Right. You know, um, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's so just scary and ridiculous. And, and then like the SCOTUS, possible SCOTUS pick, I,
1: you know, oh, I, I had woman to, they, This woman they picked. Yes. Uh-huh. Who,
0: you know, she's 40 something years old. Like we will be stuck with her forever. Mm-hmm. Like for our lifetime.
1: Right. So, um, anyway. I, I listen, this is what I have to say about that. And, and anything else that's happening right now is that, Again, I think I said it last week in the podcast. I'll say it again. The power is with the people. Yeah. And our. Hopefully. hopefully, And the people who, um, you know, as, as long as the folks that are that can vote are sleeping and forgetting that there's a vote happening in November 3rd or forgetting to pay attention to local politics or forgetting that or think, oh, politics are all crooks. Politicians are all crooks. And yeah, on, we don't have gonna time gonna, for that right as now. As long as that is how people think, we will continue to spiral. But we have to start paying attention and waking up because it is affecting every single person. I really thought COVID was going to be it. Like maybe no. this would wake up an entire no, nation. No, it's only galvanized people. Right. To but zone. really, even the people who are paying attention is such a small percentage right. of of the population. There's really, I mean, to, who pay attention to politics.
0: The thing that, that I think really needs to change, and, and it never will, is, and I know I said it last time, is the electoral college. Like when you have a state like California that is given the same as like Montana. And it's it's people's vo- voices aren't being heard. They're being suppressed because they don't get the representation. They well. are not represented and it needs to change. Like we cannot go from an archaic rule when the country looked vastly different than it does today. Mm-hmm. And the millions and mil- unless California has to split mm-hmm. into like four states, Florida, ha- like these large states have to break off so that their voices can be heard. In order to get representation
1: or <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, that sounds very complicated and impossible <laughs> that it's ever going to happen or people can just get out and vote like really have to start paying attention because you can break it up into a million states. People still have to vote. Broward County could be could could be an entire state of votes. But people, I know. The Democrats, 600,000 Democrats have to come out and fucking vote. I know. So like you can do all of this. And that's really just for president. We have a governor that's terrible. We have a state oh legislature God. that is awful, and we need to flip those seats. And so, and, that and is people all need to vote, but they don't. Need to vote. Yeah,
0: it's just this lack of understanding.
1: And I'll tell you another thing: we have a person who represents my district ninety three, Chip LaMarca. Yep. garbage. He's a piece of trash, and he sends out flyers and mailers that are absolute lies. Yes. He is not for the environment, and that's how he plays. Oh my god, he plays moderate that way, and he's not a moderate Republican who cares about the environment. Oh, I love your beaches. Fuck you, do you do not love shit about uh, the environment. You're a guy who
0: doesn't show up for votes because you're so you're nutless wonder.
1: He everything he voted for was against the environment. Of course, not to mention that literally, literal. There are. People sitting on Broward County Commission who have donated money to the Democrats that are Democrats. So I am sorry, yeah. but we don't, if you support women, you do not support Chip Lamarca. Yeah, and that's it.
0: Period. And I don't care if you grew up with Chip Lamarca and you're best friends with uh, Chip Lamarca. No. Like that's fine. You could still be friends with him. That's your personal choice, but you still have to think about what are your values? If you're going to walk around saying that you're a dem. you're not a dem if you vote for him. No, you're not.
1: No, and you're end. not a right. dumb if you give him money.
0: No. Okay, we're done. We're ranting. And what? I'm sure this is ha- ha- happening in other states. This is probably happening all across the country, the same sort of of nonsense. All right. Today, yes. we're going to tell you the story of a Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now, Ginsburg wasn't mucky, but she fought against the muck. And we are here for it. So Hillary <laughs> is going to start today with some early information, early life of RVG.
1: Yeah, we're going to go, notorious. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yes. Okay. So Joan Ruth Bader was born March 15th, 1933, Pisces, like me, at Beth Moses Hospital in Brooklyn, New York City, the second daughter of Celia and Nathan Bader, who lived in the Flatbush neighborhood of Brooklyn. Her father was a Jewish immigrant from Odessa, Ukraine, at that time part of the Russian Empire, and her mother was born in New York to parents who came from Krakow, Poland, the Bader's elder daughter, Marilyn, died of meningitis at age six when Ruth oh. was 14 months old. When Joan started school, Celia discovered that her daughter's class had several girls named Joan, so Celia suggested the teacher called her, call her daughter Ruth to avoid confusion. Oh. Although not, not devout, the Bader family belonged to East Midwood Jewish Center, a conservative synagogue where Ruth learned tenets of the Jewish faith and gained familiarity with the Hebrew language. Celia took an active role in her daughter's education, often taking her to the library. Celia had been a good student in her youth, graduating from high school at age fifteen. Yet she could not further her own education because her family instead chose to send her brother to college. Mm-hmm. Mm. Celia wanted her daughter to get more education, which is which which she thought would allow Ruth to become a high school history teacher.
0: Oh my gosh! <gasps> could
1: you imagine? Those are the dream. That's the dream she yeah. had for her daughter. Like she could be a high school history. <laughs>
0: teacher. Oh, I love it though. It's amazing. But yeah, and about, then like and now yes. look at what wow, she did. It's
1: crazy. So yeah. Ruth attended James Madison High School, whose law program later dedicated a courtroom in her honor. Oh, that <laughs> gives me goosebumps. Celia struggled with cancer throughout Ruth's high school years and died the day before Ruth graduated high school. Mm. Bader attended Cornell University in Ithaca, New York. While at Cornell, she met Martin D. Ginsburg at age 17. She graduated from Cornell with a Bachelor of Arts degree in government on June twenty-third, 1954. She was a member of Phi Beta Kappa and the highest-ranking female student in her graduating class. Wow. Yes. Bader married Ginsburg a month after her graduation from Cornell. She and Martin moved to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, where he was stationed as a Reserve Officers Training Corps officer. Op- Training Corps officer in the u s Army Reserve after his call up to active duty at age twenty one she worked for the Social Security Administration office in Oklahoma where she was demoted after becoming pregnant with her first child.
0: Oh God, I hate ice hate
1: everything. <laughs> she gave birth to a daughter in nineteen fifty five in the fall of nineteen fifty six, Ginsburg enrolled at Harvard Law School along with her husband Martin, where she was one of only nine women in a class of five hundred men. Wow. The dean of Harvard Law reportedly reportedly invited all the female law students to dinner at his home and asked the female law students, including Ginsburg, quote, why are you at Harvard Law School taking the place of a man? End quote. And from what I understand, she at that time she wasn't really fighting or like saw the role of women the way she eventually flipped right or way she it started to change for her but i mean um, probably
0: conversations like these pushed her
1: yeah but she basically said well i'm here because my husband goes to law school and any way i can help him you know further his law like i can help him study i can be in there you know this is basically what her answer was because she was like right because she you know well this is the climate yeah yeah uh, during law school, though, her husband was diagnosed with testicular cancer. So Ruth was caring for him, taking notes for him in class. And they have a baby. Going to her own classes, taking care of their babies, <laughs> right? Like caring for him, getting him yes, through cancer. Yes, girl. When her husband... Because so, so, women
0: can do everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. P.S. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when he graduated, he took a job in New York City, and so... Ruth transferred to Columbia Law School and became the first woman to be on two major law reviews, the Harvard Law Review and the Columbia Law Review. So she was on both. Good for her. Yeah. In 1959, she earned her law degree at Columbia and tied for first in her class. At the start of her legal career, Ginsburg encountered difficulty in finding employment. In 1960, Supreme Court Justice Felix Frankfurter rejected Ginsburg for a clerkship position due to her gender. She was, her professor had, right. You know, recommended her for this. And he was like a woman. No, can yeah. I have a woman in here? God oh, in the Supreme court. Um, She was rejected despite a strong recommendation from Albert Martin Sachs, who was her professor and later dean of Harvard Law School. Columbia law professor Gerald Gunther also pushed for Judge Edmund L. Palmieri of the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York to hire Ginsburg as a law clerk, threatening to never recommend another Columbia student to Palmieri (laughs) if he did not give Ginsburg the opportunity and guaranteeing to provide the judge with a replacement clerk should Ginsburg not succeed. Later that year, Ginsburg became her clerkship Began her clerkship for Judge Paul Mary, and she held the position you for two years. You know what? Thank years. God for
0: that person.
1: Yeah. Well, like, we need that like, allies. That's what we need. That's what we, we need. need someone to, be, to fight. Yes. We need to be our allies and be there and stand up for people when you see the wrong thing happening. Yes. And you know this is is. I'm sick is wrong. of these men
0: with you know they walk around with yeah. the balls but they don't got any. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well. Most of them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 19, so from nineteen sixty one to nineteen sixty three, Ginsburg was a research associate and then an associate director of the Columbia Law School Project on International Procedure. She learned Swedish to co-author a book from Andre on I'm sorry, Anders Brasilius on civil procedure in Sweden. So this is she where she learns Yes Swedish. Yes, but this is where she 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 moves to Sweden, but this is where she starts to see Outside of the United States. How women are treated. How women, the gender is not an issue, excuse me, in any kind of way. Does not it, it does, you know, so she's, she, she was going along to get along, right? She was just yeah. like, okay, I'm, I can not get that clerkship. Like she was just like, oh, I'll keep working. She never thought that I, this is something you, that I should have no matter what. She just right. thought this is what it's like, right? She accepted it. Oh, thank it. goodness. Yeah.
0: It's just so interesting. Uh, The process. Yes. You know, like the, yes. this thing happens and now I'm yes. looking at this, you know, it, all these Everything different things changes. open up and things change. Yes.
1: So, Ginsberg conducted extensive research for her book at Lund University in Sweden. Ginsburg time, Ginsburg's time in Sweden also influenced her thinking on gender equality. She was inspired when she observed the changes in Sweden where wo- women were 20 to 25 percent of all law students. One of the judges whom Gims, Ginsburg observed for her research was eight months pregnant and still working wow which is not uncommon no. for us right like i worked until i gave birth twice yes. like there was yes. no like th- i was working and then that night i gave birth like yeah. I mean, it was not a thing but to them that's huge like even in the united states at at the time when um at, when when even when i think she talked about it in a story but when ginsburg was growing up if a teacher started to show they were t- told because we're to so prude
0: we are so prude yeah.
1: the teacher couldn't even be pregnant in my teaching god kids. i know Okay. This one and plus and plus. I
0: mean, but in her own experience, she was demoted because of pregnancy. So to see this other thing must have been mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Ginsburg's first position as a professor was at Rutgers Law School in 1963. The appointment was not without its drawbacks. Ginsburg was informed she would be paid less than her male colleagues because she had a husband with a well-paid job. Oh come on. (laughs) <laughs> this is an oprah story everybody yeah. knows the oprah story the same thing it's like well he, well you you know he, he has to provide for his family her co-anchor on her news show yeah or when she was a news anchor and she was like why am i not being paid as much as this person and the guy told oprah well you know he, he's has got a family, family to feed. For. oh you're please. a single woman why would you need to be paid as the, the same
0: okay I- well,
1: hey. At the time Ginsburg entered academia, she was one of fewer than 20 female law professors in the United States. She was a professor of law, mainly civil procedure at Rutgers from 1963 to 1972, receiving tenure from the school in 1969. In 1970, she, she co-founded the Women's Rights Law Reporter, the first law journal in the U.S. to focus exclusively on women's rights. Nice. Not just reproductive rights. We're talking right. about equality. Working. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, From 1972 to 1980, she taught at Columbia Law School, where she became the first tenured woman and co-authored the first law school casebook on sex discrimination. She also spent a year as a fellow of the Center for Advanced Study in the Behavioral Sciences at Stanford University from 1977 to 1978. So she's also doing this thing where she's learning behavior and, like, why people, why humans, or at least Americans probably, think the way they do about gender roles, right? So she's not only just studying the law and, like, why is this law set up this way? How can we change it? She's studying you know, when you can, when you have an oral argument and you can, and you can argue a certain way you, and you say the right words, you can start to change minds. And I think that's yes. why she was studying that behavior of like, okay, if this is how men think or women think, like maybe if I give an argument like this, right. Right. So oh, I love it. Yeah. So in 19, so the ACLU, so this is where she starts to, uh, you know, really fight for gender equality. So in, um, 1972, Ginsburg co founded the Women's Rights Project at the American Civil Liberties Union, also known as ACLU, and in 1973 she became the project's general counsel. The Women's Rights Project and related ACLU projects participated in more than 300 gender discrimination cases by 1974. Wow. My God. Yeah. As the director of the ACLU's Women's Rights Project, she argued six gender discrimination cases before the Supreme Court between 1973 and 1976, winning five of them. Yes. Rather than asking the court to end all gender discrimination at once, Ginsburg charted a strategic course taking aim at specific discriminatory statutes and building on each successive victory which is really, really important.
0: Yeah, because she's building the, the case, right. she uh, didn't the precedent. Like,
1: yeah, and she didn't go to all these men that are sitting in the Supreme Court and was like, listen, women deserve rights too, and we should be equal. She knew, because they're going to be like, oh, yeah. right? She knew she had to like spoon feed it. Yeah. A yeah. little bit, a little bit. But little now bit. she has
0: case record on file. Yes. Like, that people now say go this. back to.
1: And the the cases that she chose weren't about women being discriminated against. It was about men being yes. discriminated against, right? And so that was important too, to spoon feed it to men. It's like, let's not talk about how this woman was being, let's talk about how all these, like these men were now, right? right? So some of those cases were, uh, let's see, the laws Ginsburg targeted included those on the surface appeared beneficial to women, but in fact reinforced the notion that women needed to be dependent on men. So her strategic advocacy extended to the word choice, to word choice, favoring the word, the use of gender instead of sex after her secretary suggested the word sex would serve as a distraction to judges. <laughs> Probably, she's
0: probably 100 percent right <laughs> yes.
1: she attained a reputation as a skilled oral advocate and her work led directly to the end of gender discrimination in many areas of the law ginsburg volunteered to write the brief for reed versus reed in 1971 one in which the supreme court extended the protections of the equal protection clause of the 14th amendment to women in 1972 she argued before the 10th circuit in Moritz versus Commissioner on behalf of a man who had been denied a caregiver deduction because of his gender.
0: Mm, Yes. Right?
1: So, um, and then as amicus, she argued in Frontierio versus Richardson in 1973, which challenged the statute, making it more difficult for a female service member who was Frontierio, to claim an increased housing allowance for her husband than for a male service member seeking the same allowance for his wife. So she was a service member, and, you know, when right. your spouse gets uh, an allowance and they weren't giving him the same because she was the service member and he wasn't. Right. The husband would get less. And oh, so, so they were making it. Yeah. E- that should be make the same. it should be equal. Yes. yes. Ginsburg. Argued, She's so smart. I know. Ginsburg argued the statute treated women as inferior and the Supreme Court ruled eight to one in Frontierio's favor. The court, again, ruled in Ginsburg's favor in Weinberger versus Weisenfeld in 1975, where Ginsburg represented a widower, denied survivor benefits under Social Security, which permitted widows, but not widowers, to collect special benefits while caring for minor children, which is another one. The, right. the husband's the husband's wife passed away. And he can't he, get anything. He applied, and they were like, you're a man. You're not getting these yes. things in this for wife. <laughs> and so she argued, and she also won that case. Um, she argued... Okay, yeah. She argued that the statute discriminated against male survivors of workers by denying them the same protection as their female counterparts. Um, in 1973, the same year Roe v. Wade was decided, Ginsburg filed the first federal case to challenge involuntary sterilization, suing members of the Eugenics Board of North Carolina on behalf of Niall Ruth Cox, a mother who had been co- Coercively sterilized under North Carolina sterilization of persons mentally defective program on penalty of her family losing welfare benefits. Oh, uh, let me my tell you. God. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm going to do this story because I then looked up this. Yes. Or look, look, looked up this, Looked, <laughs> looked this <laughs> up and, uh, abortion. And the, this woman, what's this woman's name? Margaret Sanger. Is that the right name? Who is all about, women abortion rights and fought for women to have she was all about birth control women being able to make their own reproductive choices and this and that she was all about you know she's she's a lot of people think that she's a hero but the fact of the matter is she thought she was about cleansing populations oh god and a lot of women of color were sterilized, sterilized. of course um and this, well look at what's happening now right in, in
0: the detention centers yes Yes. i mean Same it's, thing. it's it's,
1: it's um, but this eugenics, this whole thing about, yes. yeah, so this, this eugenics market, is very, and Planned Parenthood, so I think Planned Parenthood just now, um, is saying this woman was awful, but it's been way too long that it's taken for them right. to do that. And it was about purposely sterilizing black women. And, um, oh my this God. woman, Niall Ruth Cox was 17 years old and when she, her family was getting welfare benefits. <gasps> and when they said that when they found she was 17 and when they said, when they, the caseworker, found out that she was pregnant they said to her that you your family's not going to receive benefits they almost it's almost like they're just having babies to get welfare that's the idea well, that was behind all of that well and remember yeah.
0: that was something that ended up being perpetuated yes
1: of course it's still right still. and they so they said they told her this is reversible and then she finds out years later that she can't have children oh my god yeah i mean it's a real, it's, oh my I, I, I want to, I'm going to do the story about this. Yes. Eugenics and, and because, uh, oh my God, Tina,
0: it's like, I, it's I just, fucking horrifying. Like there's people that just get involved in other women's Yeah. choices and bodies,
1: but it's always white women are the ones who benefit from voting. Of course. White women who got the right to vote first. And it took decades and decades, and decades for a black woman to get the right to vote. And this, and they're always left behind when it is in these discussions. And look, it's even about abortion rights. This was this was targeted oh my God. targeted against black women. Okay, so that's it's another story, it's a longer right. story, and I think it deserves a, a longer yes. episode than just okay. Yes. So Ginsburg filed an amicus brief and sat with counsel at oral arguments versus Craig V. Bourne in nineteen seventy-six, which challenged an Oklahoma statute that set different minimum drinking ages for men and women. <laughs> for the first time, the court oh imposed what is known as intermediate scrutiny of laws discriminating based on gender as a heightened standard of constitutional review. Her case, her last case as an attorney before the Supreme Court was in 1978, Duran versus Missouri, uh, which challenged the validity of voluntary jury duty for women on the ground that participation in jury duty was a citizen's vital governmental service and therefore should not be optional for women. So they were just, yeah, women weren't even being called for jury duty. Juries were packed with men.
0: Right. Right. Well, because then a woman could say, oh, I don't feel like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you have to serve too. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and you need that. Per- but you need
0: that perspective. Absolutely. And imagine. Oh, my God.
1: Right. Right.
0: I'm just thinking of, of things that like assault cases or other yes. things where
1: you need. Yeah. Where a man man's like, oh, well, she she was. Yeah. Drunk look at what she, she wore. Yeah, or whatever she gave else. me a kiss. And I thought that meant that she wanted to fuck. Yeah. No, motherfucker. I, I know. I know. <laughs> Gina, I know. I can't stand it. At the end of Ginsburg's oral argument, then-Associate Justice William Rehnquist asked Ginsburg, quote, you won't settle for putting Susan B. Anthony on the dollar then, huh? End quote. That's what oh, he asked wow. her during the Supreme Court. Like, oh, well, can we just, like, settle this by putting somebody on the dollar, Susan B. Anthony, wow. on the dollar? Ginsburg wow. said she considered responding but said, quote, we won't settle for tokens. But Or Oof. she considered responding, we won't settle for tokens. Oh, I love that. But opted not to answer the question.
0: Well, she knows she knows when to hold them. Yeah, well, she knows a when lot of us could learn
1: from that right? to hold them <laughs> legal scholars and advocates credit Ginsburg's body of work with making significant legal advances for women under the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. Taken together, Ginsburg's legal victories discouraged legislatures from treating women and men differently under the law. She continued to work on the ACLU's Women's Rights Project until her appointment to the federal bench in 1980. Later, colleague Antonin Scalia praised Ginsburg's skill as an advocate, saying she be became the leading and very successful litigator on behalf of women's rights, the thorough good marshal of that cause, so to speak, end quote. Okay, that's the end of mine, <gasps> ACLU. I yes. stop at ACLU and you pick up. <laughs> yes, I
0: pick up. So after her work with the ACLU, um, as Hillary said, that uh, RBG gets appointed by Carter to, it's the second highest court in the land, the Court of Appeals. And of course she continues to distinguish herself as a judge as someone who judges fairly, who as someone who judges with integrity and standing. And the one thing about her, she stood up for all Americans. Mm-hmm. Like that was rather than the powerful few. Yeah. And I just feel like we're moving into this, this scary shift where it's all about protecting the powerful few in this country and the, and this minority rule in this country. And it's, mm. it, it's, it's well, so scary.
1: The thing too about her, which I, you know, if you ever, like, watch interviews with her, she can be kind of, like, really super dry. And the reason why I think that is is because her mind is very black and white when yeah, it comes she's comes to law. Like, interpreting the law yes. this way. And when you have people being appointed because of their personal biases towards Correct. one thing or the other. You can't have it. You can't have you it. You can't have and it. And you certainly can't have it on the Supreme Court. You
0: cannot have it. So... This is now we're in the 1980s. Women are just starting to gain important political seats. Uh, the first was, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor becoming mm. the first woman to sit on the Supreme Court. And actually a Florida Republican at Paula Hawkins became the first elected U.S. Senator who didn't follow like her dad or her mm. husband into the job. Yeah. So, you know, things are starting to change. So it's kind of an exciting time. Yeah. Really with, uh, her work on the Court of Appeals, she's appointed by Carter. I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked like there's not much about that. It's the only thing I keep finding was like, oh, she was appointed to that. But there's no really details about why. No, not why. But like what she did on that court. Oh, okay. Like, you know what okay. I mean? Like, right. Um, I just couldn't find much. So I'm just going to kind of yeah move into SCOTUS. OK, so and there's so much that she's done. I know. I know. Um. So I kind of. I, I feel like we could spend multiple episodes just talking <laughs> about e- really each case, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, cause there's so many different things. Um, but I wanted to highlight some landmark cases okay. that she was involved in and I'm kind of going to go sort of chronologically through some major, um, uh, cases. So one case that was really important is this, this 1996, uh, case is U S versus Virginia. hmm and this was a sex discrimination women's rights sort of gender equality case. And it was focused on the Virginia Military Academy. And so at the time, it was the only public, all male public university in the United States that did not want to admit women and was not admitting women. And they thought instead um, sort of to appease women who were trying to apply. We'll just create this separate mm. female academy. So we'll have this established academy that's been here for hundreds of years, but we'll right. just make a new little one on the side for right. the women.
1: <laughs> and uh, this will shut up the ladies. Yeah, this will shut
0: everybody up. And Ginsburg said that the refusal to allow women into this academy violated the 14th amendment. Mm-hmm. Basically that individuals of similar situations must be treated equally under the law, meaning that gender can't be used as a means to discriminate, mm-hmm. nor can race, right? As we saw in like Brown um, versus Board of Education and other cases. And so this is a public university. If it was a private university, that would be something different, but this is public universities are federally funded. right? So that's where this issue becomes a problem. And so Ginsburg also saw the ploy, like she saw right away through, mm-hmm. oh, you're gonna make this separate academy um, recognizing that that other academy isn't going to have all the bells and whistles. It's not going to have the level of rigor and all of the things that the men would be getting at the other right. university. Right. So again, it's not providing an equally quality, equal quality of education. So she was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so the thing that this is why this is important is that women get to attend this academy and it ends up really, everything with these cases, like with the the gender cases that she did Mm -hmm. as an attorney going up against the Supreme court is about setting precedent. Right. Right. So you have to have the law case that now can be referenced. Right. So when she's winning all of those cases and the 14th amendment and changes are being made, and then now she is now on the other side of this as a judge, Mm -hmm. you get to refer back to case law. And so now this is something else that gets to set a precedent um, for it. And the thing is it's like 1996 isn't that long ago. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it really isn't. Right. And that this was still something that this academy was like fighting so hard to preserve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the, the thing that was sort of a fun fact is they lose, you know, they lose the case. Right. Women are allowed to be, um, permitted enrollment. And, um, but what they tried to do, they were like, well, we're just going to become a private. University. Oh my God. That's what they heck. wanted to do. So they're like, we could lost the case. you Yeah.
1: Trying that hard to keep women out? To keep women out. What the fuck out? is going on? So like we're, but what could they possibly think is going to happen? What is, yeah. what is the worst thing that's going to happen here?
0: I just feel like it's all of like, like, like women are going to be a distraction and, you know, uh, uh, women aren't strong enough and maybe, it's war. Men, and it's, maybe
1: men need you know. to get their shit together then. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we're not Maybe just they're, here they're the weak for, ones because yeah. they can't control themselves. Like, can't you get your shit together? So. You can't just work and have yeah. a woman next to you. Get they can't, your penis they can't under it. control.
0: Get it under control. Ugh. So the thing um that was great is that, so they thought, okay, we'll go private because then um we won't be held to the 14th Amendment. But thankfully, the Department of Defense was like, listen, you want <laughs> to try to do this? We're going to revoke all your ROTC programs. Ooh, bye. And... You won't, then what? Like you're trying to be in a military <laughs> academy. You can't do it. And so they let it go. They remained um, public and women got to come in. So.
1: And I'm sure everything's just fine. The world hasn't fallen apart. I know. The school Give didn't sink into outbreak. the middle of the earth. Everything's fine. Like just relax. Yes. Relax, bro.
0: I mean, <laughs> so I kind of wanted to hit on like, try to hit on sort of different um, types of justice. You know, we have like with this particular case, it was focusing on um, gender equality. And so there was this case in 1999, Olmstead versus LC, that was a disability rights case mm. that, um, you know, her ruling um allowed, you know, her vote uh, was part of allowing this to happen. And they ruled that under the Americans with Disabilities Act, individuals with mental disabilities can have community-based housing and don't always have to be institutionalized. Mm. So there was this point where like, like people were just you know, thrown in mental hospitals rather than being in a more independent sort of um, housing outside of an institution. So that was a really big wow. case for people with disabilities and mental right. health issues. So that was a really important case for that. Um, there was an environmental justice case uh in 2000 called Friends of the Earth versus Laidlaw Environmental Services. And this is an interesting case because basically um residents... Sued this company because there was a lake and the lake wasn't clean. It was polluted Mm. by this company. So now, like, people couldn't use the lake anymore because of the pollution. And the company was like, hey, this is a moot point because we're no longer polluting the lake. Like, yeah, it was polluted because of us, but we're not polluting it now. So you can't, like, sue us. What the fuck? And so it was about this idea of, like, things being moot, like, oh, because I'm not doing it anymore, like, I can't be in trouble for it. And Yeah, but it's a really important case because now they, they, you know, they lost uh, that case and it serves now as a warning to other companies. Like you can't just go trash the environment and 10 years from now go, well, I can't
1: be sued or held responsible because I'm not doing it now. Wow. So I could, I can't even imagine that that was a thing. That was a that, thing. like you murder someone. Right. Yeah, And you walk away. Well, I did it 10 years ago. You can't, hold yeah, me. Yeah, respons- you can't hold me
0: responsible. Wait a minute. So they can still be sued after the fact. Good, so good, that was yes. like a really important environmental justice cause that thankfully won. And then I wanted to do, um, of course I had to do some of her dissents.
1: Yes. So yes, yes, yes.
0: I hate to bring this up cause I feel like it's still traumatic. 2000, the Gore Bush election. Yeah. <laughs> And I just had to do it because of Florida, because it's basically about Florida. Yeah. And so they ruled against allowing Florida to have a recount. And she simply said in that ruling, like, I dissent. Like, that was it. Um, this case, this often makes me wonder, like, what would have happened if they allowed the recount and through, like, if Gore would have won through a recount?
1: What like would where happened? would we be yeah, it's today? A, it's a very, it's a you know very because after Bo- yeah because
0: after Bush we get Obama. Well, you know what I mean? I like mean, would well, Obama have come? Uh,
1: well, would Gore have no. won a double
0: term? Would Obama have come? No, because because then Bush would have still come in there in between. Would we, we, we have, have been, had the war on terror? That's right. Like,
1: that's it, Tina. Uh, that's it. That's the difference, right there. The war
0: on terror is yes. what screwed us up as a country. Yeah.
1: But you I can't fight
0: but an honestly, ideology and go into countries that have nothing to do with it for oil and try to pretend you're on a war on terror. God damn it.
1: Oh my God. I'm sorry. Her <laughs> eyes they turned black like they the did. devil. They Listen did. to me, though. I'm sorry. No, it's your, that's the thing. That's it, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Would 9-11 have happened? Probably. Probably. What would Gore's reaction have been the same? Probably not. Because he would have gotten that information from reputable sources. Right. And well, wouldn't there have wouldn't people... have been a Cheney
0: who was a puppet master.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, controlling there everything. Whole, you know, it was a whole aspect of things. But here's the thing. They can't be what ifs anymore. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. And you're right. There would be no Obama without a Bush. Obama got yeah. elected on based on uh, coming out of the, what, yes. what at Hope. the time Hope. was the darkest Hope. part of our country's history at that moment. You know moment. what? You know what I think <laughs> though? Like I reflect back
0: it. on that and I'm like, I I remember at the time I went to D.C. I I went on a a a march in D.C. in like the early two thousands against Bush,
1: and I gotta wait. I gotta stop for a second. I just said the darkest time in our history. That is certainly not the darkest time in our history. I mean, well, maybe your lifetime is what you meant. But like from what I've witnessed, but please, I do not yes, everything that I think that's the darkest time. No, but
0: I remember just having such anger towards the Bush administration. Right. Um, but reflecting back now, it is. I did not have the terror in my heart that I do with this administration. Oh, all right. So in 2007, there was another, um, dissent. This is dealing with reproductive rights and it was Gonzalez versus Carhartt. And there was a partial abortion ban, Mm. um, bill. And it, um, this was the first time that SCOTUS restricted a type of abortion. Mm. This is where like, now they're like chipping away at abortion rights. And, and, in this case, um, with this particular partial abortion ban, it was the safest method to avoid severe damage like to a woman's uterus. And, and, and that is, you know, if there's like health concerns or risk to either the woman's health or, 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 you know, the baby and they have to do this. But in her dissent, she wrote the court deprives women of the right to make an autonomous choice, even at the expense of their safety. This way of thinking reflects ancient notions about women's place in the family and under the constitution, ideas that have long since been discredited. Mm. And it's just, it's just a shame. It's just a shame that, um, and this is 2007, you know, it's gotten um, worse and it's gotten worse, but it's, you know, they start with that mm-hmm. and then, and, and, and then that passes. So now the door is cracked open. Yeah you know, and it's getting wider and wider well, and wider and wider. she had a very,
1: uh, we, you know, and but she's always, she had the very, comp, uh, like, what people thought was a controversial statement about Roe v. Wade and how she said it should never have been decided right. in the Supreme Court, like, kicking things back, like, the I'm sh- maybe you'll get into Lily Ledbetter, but, like, kicking that back to the legislature and saying, the ball is in your court, like, this is for right. you, they should have done that with Roe v. Wade because what they did is do a full ban. Like, when they talked about, when she, what she did with the gender equality and just going back with these little, these smaller cases and spoon feeding, right. it, abortion should have been the same thing. Cause yes. what she did is like this full ban now opened the doors for States to, to come back, to come, and in. come in and it's, every it's, year they've made it more and more restrictive.
0: Yeah. So, um, in 2007 Ledbetter versus Goodyear, yes. we have this other gender discrimination this other dissent. So Ledbetter wanted to sue because for years she didn't make the same amount of money as the men at the Goodyear Company. And she ended up winning, but she lost on the appeal, Mm -hmm. which is what pushed it up to the Supreme Court. And everything was about the length of time that passed. Right. And it's um, that she had to file within 180 days of the pay. And she wanted to do this sort of by accruing the years that she worked. And they basically said that she had to, she should have sued year by year. Like you can't now, Mm-hmm. All these years later, try to say this. Right. Right. And so SCOTUS ultimately ruled that employer, the organization can't be sued for pay discrimination if it's over 180 days old. <laughs> so her whole career, she can't reflect back on now. Right. It's such garbage. So uh, her dissent, she said, our precedent suggests and lower courts have overwhelmingly held that the unlawful practice is the current payment of salaries infected by gender based or race-based discrimination, a practice that occurs whenever a paycheck delivers less to a woman than to a similarly situated man. Mm-hmm. And going, it's, again, all about sort of the lower courts. Yes. And um, I, I think she was right, because now yes. look.
1: But the way she even delivered the dissent is she did it from the bench. She sat yes. in her chair and read it, and the press was all sitting in the room like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, this was the first moment where she started to really – set Push. herself apart and become more of a like vocal icon yes. you know because it was a very uh it was it was a dramatic thing to sit at the bench and read it like i'm gonna make sure you see and hear what i'm saying yes. to you because this so that people
0: understand and it's written down yes, and, and she
1: said this now the ball is in your court and i think within the next year or the year after the lily ledbetter act passed in yes. the legislature because she said this is not for us Right, the legislature has to pass this. It has to be made a law. <sighs> this isn't like Supreme Court is not for making laws. No, like that. No, 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 no. They, the judicial and the legislative have to work together. In and that this way. is where
0: with reproductive rights, like I don't know what's going to happen because now, I mean, these states,
1: it, <sighs> girl, it's fucking over. It's over. And and listen. And I hate saying that, but you know what we can't we don't but have we are the in time. the United States that that women
0: are 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 at risk
1: all I can think of is Florida, like I uh. know that other states might be a little bit better on this, but in Florida, we're at a time twenty twenty one there's gonna be a full ban put in, and yeah. I'm telling you we haven't we are not there's i don't see and how people it's possible, who vote for
0: these jerks,
1: but I don't see how it's possible to flip enough seats blue in in November like I don't oh, know gosh. I don't think that that's possible.
0: And we have to try to retain a couple seats. And we have to hold on. Yeah, yeah. we got to hold on to the we seats. Gotta we got to hold have, on the seats.
1: And we have to flip seats so that we can at least stop some of this fucking bullshit that's happening. I know. Got to stop Desantis. We got to stop the the Republicans there that are writing some dumbass shit. Uh uh-uh. uh I know. And we have to stop Democrats for voting for stuff like this too. Five Democrats in Florida House voted for the the parental consent. Yeah, in no in garbage. Get
0: out. Get out. You're not a Democrat. Well. You're not a Democrat like have your personal beliefs, but you got to vote. You got to vote the right way.
1: Right. And and, I, if, and I'm sure people have listened to our little muck with Anna Escamani, but please go back and listen to it. She's the sitting rep. She's, she'll be reelected in November, but she talks about this and she talks about why we need to normalize abortion and normalize yes. the way that we talk about it. And and
0: it's scary, our, but it has to be done. Sto- yeah.
1: All of the stories about it. It needs to be more normalized because otherwise no <sighs> one's really going to support it.
0: All right. All right. 2013, mm-hmm. Shelby County versus Holder. This is voter discrimination and it's another dissent. So the court in 2013 ruled 5-4 that states with a history of racial discrimination mm-hmm. no longer have to obtain a, ple- a pre-clearance before ch- changing voter laws. So, Before, if there was this history of racial discrimination, like they had to get clearance before they could just willy nilly change a voter law if it's going to impact, right, um, black and brown communities, which is what it would probably do, right, right? Because of the history of the state. So now that means states can do that and further impact those communities and restrict access to voting. It is unbelievable that that is permitted. And RBG noted that this would offer no protection to citizens whose rights are violated by the state, which the 15th Amendment allows for. She says, quote, throwing out preclearance when it has worked and is continuing to work to stop discriminatory changes is like throwing away your umbrella in a rainstorm because you're not getting wet. Mm. And it's 5-4, five, five, you know, and like now, oh my God, it just, the fact that she could be replaced by just a horrible human being uh, is 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 uh, is like, it's like such a, Disrespect to her legacy. Yeah. It's it's like it's like repl- it's like replacing with the antithesis of her,
1: right? The direct antithesis well, of her. It's a woman who has benefited from the. Oh, oh She's God. being replaced by a woman who who helped who her sh- get to the position she she's opened, in. She opened the Give doors me a break. for women to be in law. She opened Give me a the doors break. For, for that woman to. Have she it. she
0: should be ashamed of herself.
1: She an RBG opened the doors for this woman to make the to have the opportunities that she had, and now she's going to replace her on the Supreme Court and
0: oh my god
1: but here's the it thing is, let's it wait. Is, i know i'm hoping more can't, stuff can't. about the
0: cult comes out and like people like
1: i don't know anything about the, I, i'm just saying like let's let us we can't it's tina if i i allow myself to be overwhelmed with all of this stuff way too much and i yeah. gotta tell you like i gotta stop because yeah. if I sit here and get consumed with it, like, I'll never leave my house. I'll have to quit my job. I'll run away from my family and live in a cave. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, no, I know. And it's, so, it's so we can only control what we can control. Yes. And so if we can, if I have to focus on Florida or Broward County or whatever, like, let's do what we can do here. Yeah. We can't help Supreme Court. We've got stupid assholes <sighs> like Mitch McConnell and Mitt God. Romney, a fucking traitor to the American yes. people. all of, A traitor to women. And... In I don't due know time how they sleep. they're all gonna how, get there. I don't know how
0: their family can look them in the face. Twenty fourteen. How can another, they look in the mirror? I know. Twenty fourteen, another descent. Um this came with Burwell versus Hobby Lobby.
1: Oh please
0: people like look
1: Don't shop at Hobby Lobby. I love crafting.
0: Michaels, okay. Please. I love to sew, I crochet, you know. I love I will never I've never stepped foot and I will never step foot in a Hobby Lobby. No please don't give your money to that. Like yeah. you got your Etsy shop, go find it somewhere else to get your materials, please. Yeah. For the love of God. Like if you give them one dime, then you are complicit.
1: Yeah. And also while we're on it, don't go to Chick-fil-A. Goodbye. Oh fuck God, off. please. Go fuck
0: yourself and your yes. waffle fries hard. Yes. go fuck
1: Stick them right up your ass. Yes. Your chicken sandwich. Nobody gives a fuck. No about one. Uh, yeah. No, I haven't had a, I put these motherfuckers out, out of business. business. I don't know where Burger King, where they stand. I don't know where McDonald's stands on issues. Yeah. But I know that they have good food. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I'm just saying yeah. like there's options. There's other
0: places to go. Don't go to Chick-fil-A.
1: Right. God. There's a Chick-fil-A near me. It's got KFC right next to it. I thought to myself, how in the fuck is it going to fall? KFC is still standing. Yeah. They got business because they, they got people going there who who actually give a shit about LGBTQ community. Yeah. Period.
0: Get rid of Chick-fil-A.
1: Chick-fil-A. Go fuck yourself.
0: Yes. Ugh. Closed and on
1: Sundays. Closed every day.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. How I dare you. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. So Hobby Lobby, um, basically uh, there's a family, the Greens, mm. and they own Hobby Lobby and they are a very religious Christian family <sighs> and they sued Kathleen uh, Sebelius, uh, who was the secretary of the Department of Health, because they did not want to pay tax penalties for refusing to provide preventative care. And in this case, yes, contraception.
1: Right. Well, birth control. Yes. You have for, women working in your store. Yes. Who are working all day, every yes. day. Yes.
0: Who want to maintain their health. And number one, birth control, yes, is used for birth control, but women also take birth control for other health issues.
1: Well, I don't know if that and matters. it doesn't matter. But I'm
0: just saying, like, they, they make yeah. these assumptions right. about everything.
1: Well, so and it's not is- your
0: business what people are doing in their free time off the of Hobby Lobby hours.
1: Hobby Lobby wanted to offer, they offer health insurance to their employees. Right. And they wanted birth control to not be part of the health insurance. Yes.
0: So they claim that the (laughs) Affordable Care Act plan that required that care, right, contraception, violated their freedom, um, their, their right, their First Amendment right, the freedom of religion, that it violated that because like their religion doesn't believe in that. So why should they, as a company, have to pay for someone else's reproduction?
1: This is, this is so, I I can't, even when it happened, I lost my mind. I'm just sitting here looking at you and saying this, and I'm losing my fucking mind. I know. These are women who do not belong to you. They don't. They work for your company. Yes. They earn a paycheck, and they go about their home and their business. Yes. They pay taxes. They raise their children. Yes. They maybe they don't have children, and they Separation live their life. Separation
0: of church and state. It's sticks. none of
1: your fucking business. God. What's happening with their bodies? They they are an employee. They're not your daughter. They're not your niece. They're not your and your, even if they were your you're not daughter, your, their, it's not your business. Yeah, it's not your. They're not your guardian. You're not their guardian. Yeah. They are employees. Could you imagine if my boss said to me, "Well, you're not going to get you can't I, have I'd birth be control. like What? Yeah. This is this is. This is outrageous. It's outrageous. And it only happens to women. It only happens to women. Yeah.
0: So not only do they feel that it violated their First Amendment right, that freedom of religion, they also said it violated the Freedom Restoration Act of 1993. And because the court leans conservative...
1: Freedom restoration. And
0: female reproductive rights mean jack shit in conservative politics, the court ruled in favor of Hobby Lobby. So why bring this up? Why is this, you know... Um, important. Uh, Ginsburg believed that the decision would, quote, deny legions of women who do not hold their employers' beliefs access to contraceptive, contraceptive coverage that the ACA would otherwise secure. We need people like Ginsburg. We need someone like that on the court to hold people accountable, to dissent, mm-hmm. and to speak out for what's right.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean... Well, there, and
0: then now you're going to re- replace her with with with. And listen, I grew up Catholic, so Joe Biden is a Catholic running uh, for 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 the well, presidency. Uh, JFK was a Catholic who was elected. So now to go, oh my God, people hate Catholics. You're going against the Catholic faith. No, you do not have a right to bring your Catholic faith into the court, especially when she's made some sort of comment about how God that she judges, you know, because God is guiding her. That alone should disqualify her because God has nothing to do with your choices as a judge. Right. The law in front of you is what guides your choices.
1: Right. Well I also think that uh, oh a larger God. conversation needs to be had among a lot of people. But just because someone's catholic does not mean that they're pro life. It does not mean they're anti LGBTQ. So I Correct. think there also needs to be a conversation of catholics are people who take birth control. Who oh support, there are well there are plenty gay of, gay of, of of catholic who,
0: organizations women who support abortion. There yeah, are all these subgroups not, within the catholic and, faith.
1: and there is no way shape or form that anybody can tell me different. OK, you can be a Catholic, you can be any religion. And there's no there's this stigma of like, oh, that you're this one thing. Yes, it's fucking bullshit.
0: It is. But she can't use.
1: No, faith, Tina, of course not. You of know, and, not. And,
0: and that's what they're trying to say, that that this is an attack on her faith. I don't care what you do in your home. I really don't. Here's, don't bring it into. Do not I, judge me, because guess what? If it was any other religion. Yeah. If she was a Buddhist or whoever knows or an atheist god for really an atheist would be the worst right because god forbid any politician says that they're an atheist because they're like there's no god like that people would lose their minds i got to
1: tell you i i remember it was at least 10 or 15 years ago when there was a prime minister elected in england i don't remember what his name was I, it was random whatever Somebody, a reporter, after he's like, "Oh, what? Where do you go to church on Sunday?" And he he looked at them and said, like, with this face of like, "What the fuck?" He goes, he goes, um, w- where I worship is something I would never even discuss. It has nothing to do with my job. And I thought to myself, that's exactly right. I don't want to hear it about doesn't your matter. religion. If I'm voting for you, that's the last thing I give a fuck about. Yeah, it I it doesn't care. matter. Stop talking to me about your religion. What are you? Gonna, what are your policies? Yeah, Period. but, but
0: you know, religion.
1: I don't care this religion Catholic. I don't is care destroying that she's Catholic, religion
0: is what has destroyed our country it has religion has destroyed because well, the, people, the re- because those they that particular ideology is seeping into our laws
1: i believe it's the people who allow they believe that the, they, they are under some weird wacky assumption that that needs to guide them in their decision making. And that's what's dangerous yeah. is because it's what's good for them is good for the entire yes. world. And that's, and that's not that's the not case, true. especially if you're representing an entire district of people. Come on. They're not all, oh you're, my you're God. assuming they all believe what you believe. And even if they don't, you're not assuming it. You're just like, well, I know what's. And best. I
0: can't handle like the same people that like scream about the constitution, separation of church and state. They, the, It's just, like they don't see the distinction.
1: No, they pick and choose. They God. pick and choose what would, what they want, what they want to, you know.
0: <laughs> all right 2015 i'm not going to go into this because this you I'm, let's just
1: call this episode two two women screaming <laughs> because that's what it is <laughs> that's
0: what it is that's the name i that's... wrote
1: down it as a title notorious rbg but i no, think i'm just gonna make it two, two women, women screaming. screaming that's what it is okay, sorry. That, has,
0: that has to be it okay all right so in 2015 uh ober obergefell and uh hodges uh, is LGBTQ rights. And Hillary discussed this in episode 21. So please go back and listen because it's a really great episode. And I wanted to note it just because it was mm-hmm. important. And just as a reminder, the case guaranteed uh, same-sex couples, the right to marry. And Ginsburg turned to the 1996 Virginia case, that, that military academy, as a means of support, noting that it would be sex discrimination to deny marriage based on gender. Mm-hmm. So again, it's all about setting those precedents. So that it's so important to have uh, those cases as a re- to, to refer to. Um, so there was in 2015, Arizona state legislature versus Arizona independent redistricting, uh, ruled that stakes, states could try and take politics out of district mapping through the creation of a commission. So that's where it's not sort of decide by the political party in charge. There's a separate bipartisan commission that gets to draw right. the lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, 2016, whole women's health versus uh, hell Hellerstedt and here we go abortion access essentially in this case Texas tried to restrict abortion access through a house bill and abortion providers sued saying that it didn't allow for equal protection and demonstrated unreasonable action by the state and thankfully SCOTUS sided in that case with abortion mm. providers mm. and Ginsburg noted that this kind of bill in limiting access could lead to women taking desperate measures
1: no, that's right it's already happening um that's already and it's happening. already happening
0: and so as we've said and have already said that the thing that it always gets me is that the same conservatives that are gonna you know point the finger are the same ones that are gonna hightail their daughter out of town for a few of days Of um this, these laws don't and apply come by, to them yeah, so their privilege their access will always take care of their problems yes and they have no problem accusing and denigrating anyone else right Right. But they're going to have their little hush hush on the side. It's right. such because, oh, in, in, oh, it was an accident. Or, oh, this thing happened. Like they can r- rationalize it and reason it in their own lives, but they just want to point the finger at everyone else. It's Tina, so
1: disgusting. There is no such thing as a pro-life Republican. That no. is a fucking Fallacy. And I'm going to tell oh, you something else. No, because they want the they death actually, penalty.
0: They want guns. They want to, they, they want to kill people in ice. Give me a break. But
1: if, COVID is a perfect example yeah. of that. Number one. Number two, if they actually cared about women and their babies, they would provide access to health care. They'd make it an affordable option right. to have a child, but they don't. They, they don't want to limit uh, welfare benefits they want to limit yeah. anything for a single parent because of course we're not going to hold men accountable for right. shit right women are miraculously getting pregnant all by themselves yes, yes. you know they're now harlots, yeah. they're oh harlots. My God. they've could, seduced the men how could this possibly have happened to you oh yeah. well uh, i i guess i was sleeping and oops everything yeah. happened uh, by myself you pieces of shit second make if you make access to health care and birth control there will be less abortion of course so don't tell me about being pro-life when you they're don't even not. care about people during covid you don't care about health unemployment benefits to support families no. those are lives those are people living in their fucking cars now because you can't offer them unemployment benefits go fuck yourself yeah
0: it just um it's it just it's it's so incredible like the the level of hypocrisy that well, they can't even see they cannot see it they don't recognize Here's the it. other
1: part here's the other part and it's it's they, i would say and maybe it's so hateful it is but maybe maybe a half to one percent of the people who write these laws these awful uh, abusive to women laws these are abusive to women yeah. who write these laws actually care about abortion and actually, they do there's they, like one percent they, 1%. they, the want, of they want to it, drum up support they want to drum support they hold it as an issue for to hold on to power right. to continue right. to receive donations and campaign contributions so they can stay in power they don't give a fuck about you no they and they don't care about abortion no. We've seen it time and time again when of they get their mistress's abortion, oh, or this person's abortion. They They're are so fucking full of lying pieces of shit. They don't really care about this issue. They just Ugh. want, and they, they don't care about putting an entire generation of women and girls in danger. Physical harm and danger to stay in power. They're evil motherfuckers. They are. Fuckers. Evil incarnate. All
0: right. So, I, let's end on a couple of fun points of interest. Oh, God, help me. Okay. Um, I thought this was just so cute. Okay. Um, when she and O'Connor served on the bench. I'm trying to get my blood pressure down. We're going to get the blood pressure down. <laughs> so she was very excited to, uh, work with O'Connor. Yes. Um, and, and have this other like woman there with her. And then when she retired, she's like, there was this space of like, you know, she, she missed having another female. But when she and O'Connor served on the bench, the National Association of Women Judges had search s- shirts made for them. That said, I'm Ruth, not Sandra. Uh, was Ginsberg's and the O'Connors proclaimed, "I'm Sandra, not Ruth." Isn't that so cute? <laughs> like those are little t-shirts. Yes. And then I wanted to talk about her collars. Yes. That she wore. Um. So she and O'Connor actually decided. So the way that the robes are mm-hmm. designed, she said, are really designed for men mm-hmm. because the way and um the way that they it's like the graduation robes, almost, right. you know, but they. They uh, open up sort of at as as a V where it's zipped up. There's this open space and you can see a man's like collar right. and their tie. But for women, like there's nothing that they get to like show off as like, you know, as a, as a woman. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they started like, let's put these collars on um, as a way to kind of represent as women, yes. which I thought was really cool. Um, there's one color, it's a lacy yellow one that we all know with charms and this she would wear it when she was in in agreement. Mm. So if she was going to like agree on a case, <laughs> right, yeah. she would wear that one and it was like bright yellow lace and has like little charms hanging off of it. And then, um, when she was in descent of something, she wore this other one that was like this mirrored bib, like. It's really like uh, it's really the famous one that they sell a lot but it's yes. um you know that's sharp angles you know there's something
1: a little aggressive about the like, it I just can't even believe she put this much thought like yeah, yeah you know you would think that she'd be like just all right I'll put this collar no yeah, she no, really put no, this she had this much her thought. descent yeah. collar she had her agreement
0: collar and then she had other ones there's the famous white lace collar that she would wear um and it, and it was from South Africa and she wore it like when Obama did some speech or whatever you know she would put that on like as you know one of her And she said it was one of her favorite ones and and she got it um she said in South Africa, like I said. And I just love that so much that she had like this collection and they each had a different significance and she would wear it on a certain time. So I I thought that was it was in like a
1: museum or something. Yeah, I was like, how cool
0: is that that she was thinking about like what message this could send and and having something just for like women to wear and I don't know, I loved it. So that made me really happy after reading through (laughs) some of the stuff that she fought against and that's the story right Ruth Bader Ginsburg activist lawyer judge and revolutionary wow. and i'm you know i i feel at least like lucky that we in our lifetime got to witness such an incredible icon and yeah. and and have someone fighting for women yeah and to feel like that we're going to go and move to a time that was like before our time. Like, I feel like we grew up in a time where, you know, women were empowered, you know, like I was like a nineties girl. Like, I don't know, like there were things definitely, I mean, I've dealt with a lot of sexual harassment and things like that on the job and, and other things that we still are fighting against Mm -hmm. and just a slew of things. But it wasn't like living in the fifties, you know what I mean? Like we could go to college, we could, acceptable, you know, work and move up in the ranks and, and things like that. And to think that we're like shifting and 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 wiping away, away decades,
1: decades of rights. Oh, Tina, it's it's, I know. It's bringing tears to my eyes. I you know. Like it's it's frightening. To have daughter, we, and, like and it's frightening yeah. to have a daughter. It's frightening to have a daughter. It's frightening. And even, our children like, have son, to grow up like, in to, this. Have to, to even think that you know this is something that I have to teach him that this is an incorrect behavior or this is not. The and way this is treat yes, people or that's not know, how you treat
0: women and that. Yeah, that we. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, we have to have these conversations with yeah. our kids. And I
1: just think that also, this there's a boldness to it. A boldness to this hatred. A boldness to this want to control uh, human beings or or suppress voting or, you know, there's a there's just and there's no. It's almost as if they're they're. I mean, they're doing it in the daylight and they're not being held accountable. And I don't know what happened to that. And I don't know if it's because it's all overwhelming and maybe in a way that's how Trump you know where one thing would have been an issue for a while now every day is an issue and so everything's yeah. kind of being ignored everything's being like it like it's okay, accepted
0: it's accepted and i just i just don't know who these women are i can't wrap my mind
1: around some of these women well they're and they're saying the same things about us though yeah. like that's the thing but yeah. the problem is you know law and and the way these things are supposed to work is it it's supposed to protect people. Yeah. Like you're supposed to be doing the right thing for people, not for
0: not for you, not right. for your interest, not for your religion. Not,
1: right. It's not. It's the law uh, is supposed to be very clear, and that's why the Supreme Court is there is to determine like what the meaning behind this. This is what it was meant to do, and how your how you wrote this law, Texas or yeah. Congress or whatever. Like however you wrote this is is being interpreted the wrong way. This is not what law is supposed to be. This is not the basis of it. Yeah. You know. And to have people up there interpreting laws in their own way, who are purposely Dangerous. leaning, yeah in, yeah, in a certain direction, is is really terrible. And I, um, I, I have a lot of, I don't have a lot of hope for the future. I have a lot of fear for the for the American people. And I, I do too, I really hope that. The votes and I and I know voting isn't end all. You know, be we're all, like but five weeks away. We, I know, please, and I know please, it's not it's vote. not end all just be all, vote. but at the same time, it's tell like, everyone to vote. We have to do something. It Has tell, to be so overwhelming they can't yes. throw it out. It has to be that overwhelming. Yes, we have to send ha- a very yeah, no, clear no, no, no. message. It, it needs to be, that or we're else finished.
0: We, this is finished now, or it's going to be months. It's going to drag out for months, and I just I don't have the energy for that. I know. I don't. I, either. Don't. I know, but. Um, we really wanted to do this episode. So again, it's not mucky, but as you can hear in a lot of these cases, there's a lot of muck and it's actually a lot of things that we can go back to and explore and, and get into more detail in future episodes. So thank you for listening.
1: All right. Yeah. Next week we'll get back to the bad guys. Yes. (laughs) All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye.
0: If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Muck Podcast.
1: To support the Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level muckraker, policy wonk, or bleeding heart. We can't do it without you. Music for the Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Docherty. Coming up next week on the Muck Podcast, um, Shay is a founding member and current chairman of the Coalition of Western States. So you know what that is, right? We're gonna we're yeah. going to secede so, from America and create our own nation, right? Bye. Bye. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Yeah.
0: So as commissioner, he continually promoted segregation practices and fought against civil rights and racial justice. He built a close relationship to the KKK. And according to the American experience, when the Freedom Riders came to Birmingham in 1961, so he knew that there was going to be the potential for violence. So he promised, like members of like the KKK and other people, that the cops would arrive 15 to 20 minutes after oh the freedom, God. right after the Freedom Riders rode in, to allow to for give... an uninterrupted attack.
1: Oh, Can you imagine? Jesus Christ.